Hello and welcome to Breaking Late. I'm your host, Michael, and with me, not this week, is JD. He's um, not race fit, apparently. We've called up our reserve driver. Uh, it's Mitchell. How are you, Mitch? How's it going? Not too bad, man. Yourself? Yeah, after a very hectic um, race weekend, did you um, catch much of the racing? Yeah, I was at home pretty much the whole weekend. Yeah, it was um unexpected dropout from Pascal Wellrent. That was to do Friday uh, to do all the Friday and then Saturday night or Friday night actually just call it going, no, nope, I'm not race fit. I mean, it's a big call for a young driver to decide to pull out, but I think especially on his first first ever GP, he's I, oh, I... Pas- Pascal's had Pascal raced for Manor last year. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. I've had uh, my boss come to me in this morning like, oh, the young bloke who never raced before pulled out. I'm like, you obviously don't follow it enough to know that he did race. But anyway, no. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because there was two Pascals last year. I'll yeah, that. ah, that's all right. Do you catch much of the V8 supercars in their Coats Hire Challenge? Uh, I missed the first race, but I seen the others and they were they were pretty good. Um yeah, Penske showing very good form. It's it's going to be a good season for V8s, that's for sure. Mm. Yes. Um, the thing that I was most surprised at with Penske was, well, they went well in Adelaide, but then to back it up again in um, Albert Park, which is a completely different style of circuit. They're both street tracks, but... You uh, know, Albert Park's much flowier. It's, it's, it's more high-speed corners, whereas, you know, Adelaide street track, you got your... Your big, 90 degree bends and stuff like that. Yeah, you got your big curbs and stuff. So um, I was very surprised and impressed that they managed to back it up in two dramatically different tracks. Uh, we're off to Tasmania in two weeks, so that will be interesting to see. That's a track that um, DJR has not done well in in the past, but they do have Ludo now. So as Jamie yeah. came out. Yeah, I've seen that, and he's pretty much said that, well... He knows everything we've ever done, so... Yeah, he's gone, oh, Ludo's got all the data. I'm like, oh, it's not like he downloaded it and took it with him. Like, he can only do what he can remember. But I guess he has been at Triple Eight, well, was at Triple Eight for many years before going over. Yeah, and it just, I think, the processes and stuff he'd remember that would, you know, carry through to the new team. He's, um, He's come from a very successful team, so he knows how to win which is an important thing for Penske at the moment. Yes. Um, they were celebrating like mad on the Friday when they won. Um, oh, it, it, it is, it's a good show of form. It's like, yeah, it's not a points round, but it shows, hey, man, we're here and we're serious. We, we're going to do this. Mm. What are your thoughts on the Albert Park round not being a championship round? Do you think it should be a championship round or do you just reckon keep it as a... Um, I don't see the reason behind it not being a championship round. I'm sure there's some sort of TV deals or something like that that sort of is in the way of it being a championship round. But I think it should be. I mean, the guys race like it is. Everyone's putting everything on the line like it's a championship round. I don't see why they shouldn't get points for it. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm still a bit undecided on if it should be or shouldn't be. I think... I don't like how when we go to the... I know we understand when we go to the Formula 1 that we're a support category, but you only need to look at when we raced over in um, Dubai when we were did a championship round with the Formula 1, how little laps we actually got. Yeah, that's true, but I find that, I don't know, in Melbourne I'm never upset with the amount of V8 coverage. Mm. Like, I feel like they do do a fair amount of races. That, that, that joint round that they did, yeah, that wasn't that great. And... 
I think that's just different circumstances, whereas they've always done the Melbourne thing, really. Not always, but they've done it for a very long time, and they seem to have enough races. I'd be happy to see it as a round because I feel like they get enough racing in. Mm. Yeah, well, it's something to see. It's something that um, V8 Supercars and Formula One do need to sit down and discuss, but that's that's really not for us to decide, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, we can only tell them what we want, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So with the form with the V8 supercars, you see, at the on the Sunday race, they two big tire issues. One plagued Fabian, and um, the other was plaguing Jamie. Yeah, I did see that. I'm not sure what to think about it though. Really, it's it, it's not good. It's something that should definitely be looked into. Mm. From what I was um, breeding up on there, it was Jamie's one actually was the brake lines were busted on it, so he didn't have any front brakes. Oh, really? So, yeah, he only had rear brakes going in. So he's having to brake 50, 60 metres before his normal marker. And he's, regardless of how he's going, he's always locking up the rears. And that's obviously put extra strain on the rear and yeah, um, let it go. But then it's come down out with Fabian. So was, that was sort of just an aggressive setup by Penske. They're just running a bit too much camber, getting a little greedy. And um, the tyre just sort of gave way. I mean, that was a horrible way for Fabian to end the weekend because... He was probably the most dominant car out on the track. Yeah, he was definitely, like, I thought he was the quickest out there and he looked the best, but maybe that's come down to that aggressive setup that's ruined the tyres. And then you've got to start to ask, well, do we want tyres that can handle aggressive setups and and teams that can build cars like that? Or, you know what I mean? Do you, yeah, do you yeah. want the tyres to be able to handle that? Or do you want, you know, to have a limit on how aggressive you can have your car set up? Yeah, well, this is something that I've noticed over the two rounds that Penske will go for the aggressive setup. Um, you only need to look at Clipsal when they were obviously running the higher tyre pressures at the start because they always just pulled away. And then yeah. towards the end of the tyre life, they sort of come, you know, they, they, they come back. Off. Yeah. So it'll be well, interesting to see. I think at this point they've got nothing to lose as well. Like if it's halfway through the season and they're still doing things like this that are proving not to work, then you've got to question what they're doing. But at this stage... Why not go aggressive? There's no points to lose. Mm. They've, they've got nothing to lose right now. Yeah. But, I mean, hats And everything off. to prove as well. <laughs> exactly. And I think that they're, they're definitely proving it. You only need to look at what well, all the headlines is basically everyone's just forgot about every other race team and it's just Red Bull Racing and DJR is the only people that yeah, seem to be making headlines at the moment. It reminds me of, you know, a couple of years ago when it was only... FPR and Triple Eight winning races. It, mm. I don't. I didn't mind that because it was a very good competition between the two. Like you're always going to have teams rise to the top. You can't say you want everyone winning because that's just not going to happen. No. But it's good to have more than one team at that level. When you've only got one team at level, that's where it gets boring, and that's where Formula One's getting good now too. Because it looks like Ferrari's going to be able to take the fight. Yeah. To, Mercedes. Even if it is just Hamilton and Vettel fighting, like last year, it really was just Rosberg and Hamilton fighting. But you know, from the I, distance, most people just saw the same car were driving around. Yeah, last year for me was a battle for third place. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, exactly. So I say bring it on, man. It's going to be a good season, mm. uh, even if it is only a couple of teams at the top. That's all we need to make it fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's good to see Mostert back up on the top step again after like he didn't have a race win last year. So to come back, I know it was a non-championship points round, but still. Yeah, still, that, that's where 
that's where I start to think there should be a championship points round because everyone seems to take away from it. It's like, oh, you won, but it doesn't count. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I feel yeah. like they won, it should count. It's yeah. a race, everyone's watching. Just because we're not the headline, it doesn't mean it shouldn't count. Mm. One of the big surprising things was the fact that Mostert was the only competitive pro-drive car out there. Um, the other ones were really not even in the top 10. Yeah, it seems that way with ProDrive, though. They seem to get one car on point and everyone else sort of, I wouldn't say suffers, but they, they can't keep up. They can't keep, the, that setup doesn't work for everyone. I'm mm. not sure what it is, but they can never seem to have a team at the front at the moment. Yeah, well, Moss definitely must enjoy being back with his old engineer because it seems to be paying dividends for him because he did quite well in Calypso as well. Yeah, and that's that's the thing you got to remember too, that that relationship with the engineer is very important. If they don't get along well, if they don't... Have, if they don't communicate well, then the car's never going to be quick. Mm. But, um, yeah, we're not going to do a long episode this week as um, got my reserve host in, but you're doing a great job, mate, so we'll keep trucking along. Uh, we'll jump into the Formula One. We'll go to qualifying. Bloody Alonso got it out of Q1. Yeah, I thought that was... I think everyone was surprised at that. <laughs> yeah, but that's Alonso. He he can make what he's got work. So that's that's kind of why people like him. Like you know, you give him whatever, and he he can make it work to the best of its ability. Clearly, mm. that car. I never, not a point in this year is that car going to be anywhere near the top. No. But he's doing the best he can with it. And when he was out of the race, I was disappointed for him because he was running in the top ten for a very long time. And you know, it would have been good to see McLaren score a few points considering the luck they're having. <laughs> yeah, well, they did. They were running in the points for a good chunk of the race. Um, and that, was, that was Alonso was doing yeah, yeah. it all. But oh, That uh, was an amazing overtake as well from, uh, was he the new fellow at the o- in- Ocon. Yeah, and with Hulkenberg coming blind behind him, that, that even just looked great on TV, to yeah, be honest. Very colourful. Yeah, very colourful. <laughs> it just, it was a good move. It just, mm. yeah, it just... Especially with Hulkenberg come flying through too, it was, it was yeah, it was either going to end the way it did or very not well. <laughs> yeah, but um, someone that did, you know, a, a pretty decent job in qualifying was Antonio Giovinazzi, uh, the young guy that got the call up last minute. He almost outqualified his teammate. Yeah, that's crazy, and to think, yeah, you know, you get that last minute call up. Yeah, he's done really well considering well, the said, time he had on the track and in and in the car on the weekend. Yeah, well, he said he didn't actually know the track at all. So he only got to do practice three and then go out and do qualifying. So I think he only did, uh, it says here, eight laps in the qualifying. Oh, yeah, eight laps in qualifying. So, you know, it's pretty decent. He was only yeah. 0.2 of a second off his teammate. That's that's, that's really good. I didn't realize how, he was that close, but I know he did well. Mm. You know, to think he might have been able to get some practice laps on PlayStation if he didn't sleep through the phone call. Yeah, yeah, that's one phone call you don't really want to sleep through, the call up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. Yeah, so apparently when he did get the call up, he actually thought it was um, people playing a joke on him. So he, You would, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, he, <laughs> he didn't quite believe it. He's like, nah, you know, I got the call. So he went to bed nice and early, but then got the call and missed it. In the morning, he's got down to the pits, and everyone's like, you're racing? He's like... Oh, come on. Who's who's having me on here? But um no, he a great job, you know. Hats off to him. His first Italian to um on the grid if, for a long time. Since Trulli, I believe. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, he did really well. Um, what can you say? <laughs> yeah. Well done. Um, okay. So into Q two. Q two was just sort of your usuals. So you dropped out. You had your Perez. Eleventh. Yeah. Nico Hulkenberg twelfth in the um, Renault. Much better than Jolene Palmer. He had a shocking sad day. He, he, he had a shocking weekend, to be honest. With yeah. You. Really. <laughs> But yeah, well, so a couple. Speaking about his shocking weekend, his crash and that, a couple of those crashes have shown that the loss of grip in these cars is massive. When they lose grip, they've got no hope. Yeah, well, um, was it Pat Simmons was saying on the Sunday because of the dorsal fin that they've got on the cars now, as soon as the cars get a little bit of angle on them, and the yeah, the wind's not going straight over the back spoiler, it hits the dorsal fin gets diverted away from the back end, not on the spoiler. You lose all grip, and these cars are starting to spin straight away. And, I mean, you only need to look at Daniel Ricciardo as well in Q3 when he came off. It was, you know, he was traveling, he was carrying a lot of speed through that corner, but i seen him go a little bit more wide sideways last year and managed to bring it back. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. You you, you look up, um, I think it was a couple of years ago in Brazil, Mark Webber was dead sideways in one of those cars, and he kept it. Mm. But, yeah, that's right. And I think the other thing, too, is they've got such a massive amount more grip now that they're going faster through the corners. And the amount of grip you're losing is a, is a lot more, if you know what I mean. Like, you yeah. had less grip before, so now you're losing even more. So mm. you're going quicker, losing more, bigger crashes. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not sure how I feel. it. I like the fast cars, but, you know, I don't want to see cars getting put into the wall every now and then. Yeah, but it does add an extra, another a new challenge for the drivers. They have to be a bit. I guess they have to be aware of it now, and mm. it's well, it's like the clutch start now too. They've just they're just trying to make it harder for the for them to drive. I guess. Yeah. Well, we'll go to Q three. Was that was pretty much the battle of the top three, really, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. Max Verstappen. He the Red Bulls weren't really on pace all weekend. No, but you can see they're going to have pace. Like they need to develop. I reckon. They're probably not going to be able to take the fight to the to the Ferrari and Mercedes, but I think they'll there, be there annoying them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like they'll be on their tail. They won't. Well, you could see it. Like the um, oh, I forget his name now. That's horrible. Anyway, the young fella in front of um Hamilton, Valtteri uh, Bottas. No, no, <laughs> no, Bottas. <laughs> the young uh, Verstappen. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Verstappen. Oh, you forgot Max. Yep, no worries. Yeah, yeah. See, I shouldn't have forgotten that. But anyway, <laughs> you could see it. Like, when he was in front of Hamilton, Hamilton couldn't pass him. And it's partly because the Mercedes didn't seem to work behind other cars. But it's also just, it seemed like he had enough pace to keep him behind him. Yeah, I think that's coming down to the cars. Just not, every driver basically said, these cars can't pass. Yeah, but I still, I'm believing that Mercedes still are on the building cars to go fast when they're out in the lead. It's kind of like what they did last year. You look at when they were traveling behind or got stuck in traffic, they, they weren't the best car on the grid. That That's probably true, yeah. That's actually a good point. I see what you're saying. They've, they've got a good qualifier, and if they can't keep it up front, they're... Yeah, not... once they're out in front, they're a great car, and, you know, hardly anyone can touch them. But as soon as they get stuck in traffic, they just can't follow these cars. But Yeah, that's true. The Ferrari on the other hand, of Vettel's car, looked great when it was behind Hamilton. Like, he was keeping within a second, and you yeah, know, it, the front end looked like it was stable. It was pointing in exactly where it needed to go. 
yeah, to me, it looks like Mercedes at the moment have the better qualifying car because it just seemed like as soon as Lewis needed to, he's like, here's my lap, beat it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the Ferrari looks like a much nicer race car because, like, like you say, Vettel this year, he was able to keep behind Hamilton, which wasn't really a possibility last year unless he had a really good run. Yeah. And now that, you know, Mercedes aren't pulling away and they've got someone with them, they're going to have a hard time this year. Mm. I mean, it's it's great for the fans' perspective because we are going to see that battle. I mean, we've got the two champions racing each other with Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel. And, yeah. Um, I know they're, they're two of the biggest drivers of our time anyway. Yeah. And uh, I know we're jumping towards the end of the race, but it was good to see the finger again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I did miss that a little bit. <laughs> I mean, we had enough break to all go, all right, we accept Vettel for who he was, and, you know, we can appreciate what he did in the Red Bull. I mean, it did get a little boring after a while where he was just that dominant. Most definitely, yeah, I agree with that. But in Ferrari, he looks much more comfortable. He looks more relaxed. Mm. And now he doesn't have that, like, the, I guess the first year he didn't win that championship with Red Bull, you know, is like, well, you know, when he wanted to win them to keep going to beat Schumacher eventually in that. Yeah. When that happened, he just seemed frustrated and annoyed. And then he went to Ferrari and he just seemed to relax. And now he didn't have that pressure of winning back-to-back titles and keep building for this record. Mm. Now he doesn't have that pressure. He seems much more relaxed. And he looked really comfortable this weekend. Yeah, he, he did. He just, um, he looked like a different Sebastian. Like last year, he was very disappointed with the car, and he he just knew that he couldn't really compete for race wins. But this weekend, I think it was frustration last year. He 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 wanted to win, but he he knew he couldn't do it with what he had. Mm. We will jump to the race now. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's really not that much to talk about in qualified except for um, Ricardo's unfortunate, which we'd already discussed anyway. Yeah. So well, we know that Ricardo put it into the wall, and that gave him a gearbox. Um, penalty change because of worst of luck wasn't that gearbox oh. penalty and then he couldn't get to the grid yeah i uh, i mean i was i was pretty disappointed i'm not like a huge red bull fan but damn that was pretty disappointing i want to see him do well yeah well i um i text jd at the start of the race going oh screw it what else is on tv i heard the crickets <laughs> on <laughs> yeah i know i know i know about not much overtaking, but I don't think it's much of an overtaking track. No, so. and that's something that I do want to touch on where everyone's like, oh, I thought these new, you know, new regulations, everyone's meant to be faster and, well, I mean, the cars were faster. They're not the five seconds faster like they said, but... Yeah, but they're still developing too. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, but Albert Park is not a passing track. Even last year, there was only, I don't know, half a dozen on-track passes. Yeah, so, exactly, and- and Christian Horner said, you know, let's wait till we go to China. Let's wait till we go to Bahrain. The tracks that have these big passing opportunities and are notoriously more passable. Exactly. Than... And that massive straight on China, like that thing is huge. It's like one of the biggest in the season, I think. So Yeah, like where the DRS can actually be a bit more effective because like, you know, Albert Park is not doesn't have the biggest straights and even one of the DRS straights is got a big... Not even straight. Got a big bloody kink in it, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the little bit bent straight. Yeah. It's like the straight on the Gold Coast Five Hundred. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So with Ricardo going back to Ricardo and he's not making the grid. They, I mean, all credit to the Red Bull boys and girls working in the garage that managed to get that car back out in the race. But 
Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the only reason they did it is because it was his home race, though. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. If that happened in China, he wouldn't have gone back out because I think they just they risked the engine, and lo and behold, (laughs) the car died anyway. Engines, gearboxes, and yeah, it's like we've already taken one gearbox for the year. Mm. Yeah, it's not worth the risk. But we are glad he did it because it was his home race, and it was nice to see him out there, even if it was for like twenty laps. Yeah. But then I think it was the fuel. They had a fuel issue or something. That's that was. Ah, uh, yeah, was fuel the reason pressure that, or regulation or something. I was reading. Yeah, so I'm not sure if it's actually the engine died or if it just lost that and then he just killed it before. Well, if you um, I seen a video of on board as he's pull, as he's coming through the corner. The car actually like chugs and he tries to change gear and he just realizes straight away, nah, it's done. Mm. Just pulls it off. But yeah, it chugs three times before it dies. So yeah. I think, definitely seems like a fuel thing mm. i mean hopefully i mean i haven't read anything saying it was the engine but like oh, maybe they it. might have kept it but i just i'm still very surprised that they sent him out i mean i think it was just risking something i mean he was never gonna he had to get two safety cars to and let him let the fia go all right yes you can unlap so, yeah exactly it's this amazing set of circumstances for anything to even end remotely well for him yeah and i mean the red bull had to be a lot quicker than what it was for the fairy tale ending to happen but i mean ricardo yeah. will bounce back oh definitely like well look what happened to him and the other you know a couple of years ago in australia where he got his podium stripped off him he yeah he does he doesn't seem like an easily hurt guy he, he'll be he'll be right yeah <laughs> but i mean it was a great job to see him come out it, it was kind of i wouldn't say it was a boring race but it was a little bit uneventful you know it's a lot of cars failed, but, you know, that's to be expected on the first it race. It is, and that's something that to take away. You had, like, so many cars. I think there was only, like, 13 cars that actually finished the race. Yeah, was... 13 finishes, I think, is right, yeah. Yeah, 13. Stoffel van Dorn was, like, the last qualified person that finished, and he finished two laps down. Yeah, <laughs> so it, there wasn't a lot of cars to even finish the race for it to be super exciting, and... That's another thing people are complaining about, the lack of passing stuff need to consider. I think we need to give it a couple of races before we start saying, no, nah, these cars are crap and it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, had seven cars that couldn't pass because they weren't even on the track. So, <laughs> Yeah, they got passed a lot, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, Hamilton, he was winching like he does about his tyres very early on. Yeah, that's what I thought. As soon as I heard him saying it, he's like, these tyres are done, I'm like, Dude, you only just got them. And then you look at the Ferrari streaking away on them purple tyres, like, those things lasted forever. Yeah. And, I mean, no one else pitted that early. I I actually got up and went to the toilet before, when then come back, and he was pitted. And I was like, what the hell happened? Like, Yeah, I think the, I was in the same position. I, I'd done something. I come back, I'm like, geez, a bit early for an undercut, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And like, the, the whole time in the pre-show, every, no one was talking about the undercut. Everyone was talking about the overcut, which is interesting because... You don't normally... They're always talking about the undercut. That. Yeah, but the overcut definitely worked for um, Vettel. Yeah, but Ferrari was so silent at the moment. Even like the race, even the radio during the race was dead silent for him. Like, I don't remember hearing many Ferrari messages come across no. until Sebastian was celebrating. <laughs> yeah. I don't even... Well, you didn't even see him because he was that far ahead. They, there was no point filming him it's like yeah it was, the, up there. <laughs> it was the curse of being that far ahead where you're like oh i'm not gonna film you because you're just one car let's um let's film bottas try and catch hamilton which was that oh. was that was good to watch i was hoping i was yeah. so hoping <laughs> but it never happened <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, did... I wanted to see them two race each other so far. <laughs> yeah, well, um, Bottas, we're going back to qualifying. He did qualify. It was the closest that a teammate has qualified to Hamilton in the Mercedes at Albert Park. So he actually yeah, would have yeah, outperformed um, Rosberg. Yeah. I mean, it's still very early to fully judge Bottas, but, I mean, he did a great job this race. But he's always been a good driver. I, ex- I expect him to do well this year. I expect him to at least win a race. At mm. the very least, I expect to see him win a race because of how well he drove the Williams. He's just a really good driver. Mm. Like, you expect him to win, especially in that car. Yeah. Did you see Toto punching yeah, the, the desk? Well, the funny thing is, it's not funny because it's a stressful job, I'm guessing, but this is the first time he's had to deal with competition, really. Yeah. Like, this is real competition, and the whole time, not the whole time he's been in charge of that team, I'm, they weren't that great the first year he was in charge, mm. but this is the first time in the hybrid area he's had to worry, really worry about the other cars on the track, like, oh, we've got real competition now. Yeah, oh, shit. <laughs> The competition's not on the other side of the garage, and you can't tell them like you slow down because I'm paying your bills. Yeah, exactly. So it's um, it'll be interesting because to see how he handles it, I guess. Because mm. I don't think he's had to like I'm not saying he's had an easy life in Formula One, but it's not like he's had to deal with the hardest things. The worst things he had to deal with is when Nico and Lewis were running into each other. Yeah, I mean that's. But- that's not the easiest thing to deal with, especially when you have no, two big definitely. egos. But um, I did miss Nico. Like this race, I was like, ah, oh, I just, I did want to see him defend his championship. I understand why he's left, but <laughs> why not, man? You can't lose if you're not there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but nah, I, I, I would have liked to see him defend. I just think maybe he thought that Lewis would be super aggressive this year and it's probably not worth the battle. I don't know, but he seems happy with what he's done, so you can't oh, really he was, you can't fault him. He was tweet, <laughs> he was tweeting up a storm during the race. Oh, true. I don't look at Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he was um he was up there as like at the start like, "Oh, this is the first time in like 11 years that he's actually got to watch it on TV." And he was like, "Come on, boys." And then at the end he's like tweeting about, you know, "Good job Ferrari" and all of this. I'm like, "Oh, you couldn't say that before, but you know." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, he can do whatever he likes now, can't he? Yeah, pretty much. A world champion. Well, yeah. he's still, you know, his Twitter handle still says it. It's <laughs> well, he's always going to be at least a 2016 world champion. Exactly. So. <laughs> can't take it away from him. So I'll just, I'll just go through. I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll rattle off some names and you tell me if you reckon they did a pass or fail as um, what you think they should have done. So Red Bull, you reckon that's a fail for where they think they should have been or... Like for their results with fifth and a DNF. Um, well, it's a fail on the part of Ricardo's car, but with what I've read about in testing and how they were looking on the weekend, I don't think you could have expected Verstappen to do much better than what he'd done. Mm. Yeah, well, they didn't get the aero upgrades that they thought they were going to get. They didn't arrive in time, so ah, right. Well, that, that's never going to help. And yes. to be honest. Verstappen, he, he's kind of my boy this week because he held up Hamilton. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't fa- I can't fault him this week because he done a good job. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, there was an article on motorsport.com and Sebastian Vettel said he got lucky with um, Max holding up Hamilton. I'm like, yeah, you should probably buy him a carton of beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Like, Or at least a bottle or something. Jeez. <laughs> um, Felipe Massa and the Williams. That was a six. That was, you know, a pretty decent result for them. They were still on the lead lap. Yeah, well, 
didn't fall a lap behind, I guess, because half the field did or didn't finish. Mm. Yeah, they didn't do too bad. I did. I can't say I really heard too much about him. It seems like Massa just drove his own race. He was just out there cutting laps by himself. Is yeah, what yeah. it looked like to me. I mean, I, it was a. He fell into a nice gap. I think he and did. And, I mean, he drove the car. He finished six, so he's got himself eight points. Lance Stroll had a not he a, a great weekend. He already put it into the wall once. In, um, I think that was What ended his race? Did he crash out? or? Um, no, no, they had to retire him. I'm not 100% sure why, but they retired the car. I saw him go into the pits. So his first yeah. race, um, yeah, DNF. Oh, he's not the only one. <laughs> yeah. Toro Rosso, this is second year in a row they had both cars in the points. You got to say that's a pass for them. They must be happy with that. Yeah, definitely. This seems like a not I wouldn't say a Toro Rosso track, but they always seem to do well here. Mm. They're um like well for what they are. Yeah, you know, for a, for a mid-pack team, but they they seem to be at the pointy end of the mid-pack whenever they're in Melbourne, which is good. Mm. And I think they're a really good-looking car this year. Oh, actually. I they're probably best the best car. car. On the grid. Yeah. <laughs> they look badass. <laughs> It's funny because I find myself saying that the last couple of years. The Toro Rosso's, they're really looking better than the Red Bulls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I just, visually, not as a race car, just, you know, just to look at, they look nicer. Yeah, no, nah, I definitely, I missed the hand-painted uh, bull. It's the first year in like 12 seasons or something that they don't have the hand-painted bull on the back, but they made it up for just having that, that bright blue and the red and the, I think it's the like chrome. a chrome. Yeah, yeah, it just it, looks wicked, man. It just stands out. Mm. But yeah, the, the hand-painted bull, now that you point that out, is pretty cool. Mm. But nah, ah, I think they can get away with it. It's a good-looking car. Yep. Um, <laughs> you got the two pink cars. They were both in the points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I was I was impressed with Lockhart. I thought he did a good job for his first race. First race with the Force India, because he did race again yeah, yeah. with Manor. Yeah, I thought he did pretty well. I'm just um, having a quick look for something. Someone actually posted something quite funny to Reddit yesterday, thanking Force India. Reddit user Z Sharp Knife basically put it, uh, posted up. Just want to put out a heartfelt thanks to you, Force India, for your horrendously ugly pink car for this racing year. For the last five years, I've been trying to get my f- son to watch Formula One with me, but he's always complained that it's too loud. Well, today, while watching the Australian Grand Prix, my two-year-old daughter saw the Pink Force India and started screaming, Pink car, pink car, over and over <laughs> at the television. She loved it and sat there for almost a whole half an hour. And for a two-year-old, that's an eternity. So thank you, Force India, for bringing a dad and his little girl together through Formula One. Well, there you go. That's a nice story about the pink cars, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, the pink cars, they obviously stand out, but where's the rest of their kit? Like, the crew is still all in the silver, black, and orange, and I'm like, that looks, yeah, I think that looks was, better. <laughs> it does look better, I think, because it, was, uh, it wasn't it uh, um, it was it seemed like a, not last minute, but a very late change. <laughs> yeah, there was actually another thing I saw on Reddit um, before, or just the day that the, the car was announced that it was going to be pink. People in the comment sections were like, oh, so I think we all owe this bloke an apology, and I don't know his username or whatever, but he posted up a week and a half ago, the renders of the pink car, and it just oh, really? <laughs> it, it, got, it got downvoted to oblivion. Everyone's like, that's not leaked. That's just Photoshop. There's no way they're ever going to have that car. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> that's gold. And, I didn't see it downvoted to hell. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, lo and behold, they roll out that pink car. And I think 
I can't remember which driver it is, but one of them actually had to get their helmet redone because they had the red and the red and the pink just really clash. That, yeah, that would be a that would be offensive. I didn't think the pink cars were offensive, but red and pink, yeah, that yeah. Thanks. And um, <laughs> I think it was uh, Ocon that's actually got a pink panther taped into the inside, like a picture of the pink panther on the inside of his cockpit. So that was a that was a, <laughs> that was a good little um good little thing. I think you've seen one of the Force India bosses walking down the grid with those nice pink pants on. Yeah, no, they... you saw that in um, the grid walk with Martin Brundle. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, it's all about the payday, isn't it? Like, yeah, well, yeah. I guess if they're going to pay me that much, I'd be painting my car pink too. Yep. <laughs> um, another car that I think didn't do very well, and I'm going to give him a fail so far, is Hass. Um, yeah, two, no good. Two DNFs. Um, after last year with Roman Grosjean getting, you know, in the points on their first round, he was the hero of Haas. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. This year, they were really nowhere. Yeah, unreliable car, two DNFs. What can you say? If they had a decent car, well, I wouldn't say decent car, you say, last year. But they had, you know, they had a, a reliable car last year, at least. And Well, yeah, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was something to do with the fact that last year they could buy a lot of the parts from Ferrari. Yeah, they didn't true. have to develop, so they started off with a, all the Ferrari gear, and then you look, they didn't develop that much throughout the season. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. Yeah, so now they're building their own stuff. It's gonna probably take a bit longer to get into shape. Mm. But oh, hopefully they finish next race. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's we've touched on the race a lot. There was, you know, it was a lot of driving around, not too much passing and stuff, but. Something I want to bring up with you, and you actually text me during the race. Um, the sketchy amount, a sketchy amount of people on the track at the end. I know that was crazy. I'm like, someone's getting yelled at for this for sure. <laughs> like, because at first you see a few people walking on the track, you're like, oh, okay, that's not right. That, and then I swear you see one of the security guards try to, you know, corral them back, and then too many people, and they just oh, gave up. You're not, you're not stopping that many people. It's um... no, nah, not a chance, man. They can't stop all of us. And then the dudes with the Ferrari flag that close, I was like, nah, man, that that ain't right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it looks. Vettel even mentioned it. Vettel did look at it. He's like, it was crazy, it, crazy a good way, but <laughs> crazy is in like bloody dangerous as well. Yeah, it it looked super cool. It really did, but yeah, probably something that shouldn't have happened. I mean. If I was there, I would have been right there with everyone. Yeah. No question. Yeah, you're right. They can't find all of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would have been straight there on the track. Why not? But watching it on TV, you're like, that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> yeah, so it was sort of a... I'm reading up on the article here on Speed Cafe saying that Australian Grand Prix organisers will be having an investigation into how spectators were able to invitate the circuit on the cooldown lap. Because um, <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, well, the stupid thing is, you see the marshals like on the photo here. I'm looking at it's the one before the pit lane, so it's like coming into the last turn, the last few turns, and yep. you can see the marshals standing by the car, and then everyone else standing on the track. There's a few people standing on like the grass, which is good, but then it gets about four or five people deep onto the track, and I'm like, if I did get through onto the fence and onto the track, I wouldn't step past that yellow line. <laughs> Yeah, well, especially because when I first noticed people on the track, one of the cars came around a blind corner. And, you know, a Formula 1 car going slow is still, still a car quick. moving quite quickly. Yeah. 
and you know it came around slowly for a Formula One car. It's like if he didn't see those people, or if they were closer to that blind spot of that corner, that wouldn't have ended well. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I was reading through some comments on Reddit, and there was a couple of people posted to there going, "Yeah, I was, I was in the crowd." Um, and Hulkenberg, I believe they said it was had to drop it into neutral, give it a rev to get people out of pit lane because they couldn't get into pit lane because people were trying to walk <laughs> across the track. That's crazy. Yeah, man. They, they maybe should have waited a bit longer before they opened them gates up. But there was a really good picture of one of the Renaults, which I don't think that's a bad-looking car. But it's like, so this is the result of getting too close to the track, and it's a photo from, like, trackside like literally trackside of the Renault. I'm like, yep, well, you've probably got the closest photo of that car that anyone would have. Yeah, yeah. Someone would probably, well, if they were a higher team, someone would probably buy that off you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody wants to buy close-ups of the Renault. No. It's, it is a nice-looking car, is, though. Yeah, I don't mind the, the yellow and black. It looks quite good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I just said gold and orange. Not thinking straight. That's right. Anyway. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it was pretty – it was cool to see that many fans – you know, rush the track. It did look very seventies, but yeah, that, that, it's two thousand and seventeen now. Yeah. <laughs> but it, you're right. It does bring back sort of those old images. Not that we were alive then or anything, but you look at old racing, like the old rally fans hanging out on the track till the cars come. It does sort of remind you of that. But you are right. This is <laughs> it's it's not that time anymore. <laughs> no, you can't like, you know. I mean, we we live in a time now where. You know, trampolines have curtains around the sides of them, so we can't stand on the edge of a racetrack anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough, I guess. <laughs> um, that's pretty much all we've got for this ra- uh, for this episode. Thank you, Mitch, for joining us and um, helping us oh, out. Oh, well, good man. Any time, I'll uh, make JD sick again if you need it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in. Um, if you do like the show, you know, share it, tell your mates. It's um, it's the best way for us to get the show out there is word of mouth. Yeah, so you can find us on Facebook. We're facebook.com forward slash breaking late, or you can just go to the website. We're breaking late.com. If you do have any, any questions you want to ask, you can email them through at breaking late at gmail.com. Yeah, we will be back to our normal lineup provided Mitch doesn't do something to JD and JD is all back together and no longer being crook in bed. So get well, mate. <laughs> um, thanks guys. And we'll catch you after Townsville. No, we're not, not Townsville. Where are we going? We're going to Tasmania, the other end yeah, of Australia. Right, yeah. Shit. I uh, thought I was the one making mistakes. <laughs> nah, it's all right. We're not that professional. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think we've also got China on that weekend as well, so it will be another uh, yeah. double episode. Yeah, it's um, China in 10 days or so, they were saying. So. All right, so quickly, who's your pick in the V8s for Tasmania? Um, I think Fabian's looking good. All the Penske talk seems to be about seem to be about McLaughlin, but Fabian seems to be the one that's pulling it off for me. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm going to jump on Shane. I think he's... He was pretty strong there last year. Um, yeah. I yeah, can't that's, see that's him true. not being competitive. No, nah, he won't not be competitive. Actually, he's hard to go past, but I'm, I'm going to go with Penske because I want to see him win. Well, you are a Ford man, so you must be happy to see some Fords back to being this competitive again. 
Yeah, because you just don't tell people otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> and um, your F1 tip for China. Oh, oh, that's come on, man. Nah, come on. It doesn't have to be right. I mean, I was right with my for, my Vettel tip, and all right, all right, calm down, Bragg. Nah, I, I won the money. Got the bets on there again. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Vettel because I want to see it happen. Yeah, I do. That's um, what my tips are generally. What I want, I don't care. <laughs> it's, it's not what I think; it's what I want. <laughs> exactly. I want to see Vettel win again because it'll be fun. Yeah. But if it's not him, probably Hamilton. But let's go Vettel. Yeah, that's um my tip as well. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you again next week. <laughs> See ya. See ya.